From Georgia Public Broadcasting, this is On Second Thought. I'm Virginia Prescott. Six endangered North Atlantic right whales died in June, four of them last week alone, which brings Georgia's official state marine mammal even closer to extinction. Researchers estimate that just 411 North Atlantic right whales remain, so six dying a month among them, three of breeding age, is significant. Clay George is among those monitoring the numbers. He's a wildlife biologist with the Georgia Department of Natural Resources. I spoke with him earlier via Skype to learn about threats to the dwindling population, how the Georgia coast figures into their life cycle, and first, the origins of their name. We think right whales got their name uh, centuries ago because they were the species that uh, whalers preferred for hunting. Uh, they're about 40 feet long. Uh, to put that in perspective, that's about the size of a school bus. If I was to put one in the room with you, um, its back would be higher than the ceiling. They're very rotund. Um, they have very large blubber supplies, which is what the, the whalers were um, largely after for whale oil. They also have huge plates of baleen that they used to feed with, and baleen was used uh, centuries ago as kind of an early form of plastic. And also, uh, whalebone was really an important commodity uh, centuries ago. What role does Georgia play in its life cycle? Yeah, so uh, the Georgia coast is really the, the core area of the North Atlantic right whale's calving grounds. There's no other calving grounds for this species has been found in recent centuries. Um, and uh, uh, Back in the 1700s, 1800s, right whales occasionally would um, um, uh, were still being found along the coast of Europe and Africa, but they were basically uh, extirpated or driven uh, to extinction on the other side of the ocean. Mm -hmm. And then by the uh, 20th century, small numbers were being seen here uh, along the, the coast of the U.S., but really... Um, scientists believe they were more or less functionally extinct because there were so few remaining. So why did they come here in particular to calve, or where are they coming from? Yeah, so by the 1970s, small numbers of right whales were being seen occasionally in New England and Canada, um, and even along the coast of um, Georgia and Florida. But no one really knew where they came from or how many there were. And then a lot of exciting things started happening in the uh, early 1980s that um, really um, uh, led to the rediscovery of the right whale, really. Um, a feeding area was found uh, in the Bay of Fundy in Canada, mm -hmm. uh, with a couple dozen animals, including some calves. Uh, down here in Georgia, a couple um, uh, baby right whale calves washed up dead on the Georgia coast on a couple different islands, which meant that they must have been born fairly close to here. And then in 1983, the big break was that a photograph that DNR biologists took in 1979 of a mother and calf off of St. Simon's Island was matched to a, to a um, female uh, that was in the Newland Aquariums catalog from their work up north. And that was the first confirmation that those animals must be coming here to have their calves. Uh, and then that led um, to some really interesting work with um, some volunteer uh, pilots, um, pilots from Delta Airlines that volunteered their aircraft. Um, working with the Newland Aquarium, and they started doing some aerial surveys down here, and lo and behold, they actually found mother and calf right whales. So these animals had been had somehow survived uh, near extinction from whaling, uh, battled back probably from you know only a hundred animals we think or so, and and were calving right here off the off the Georgia coast and, and northeast Florida coast, and it had gone unknown to science. So uh, coming from New England, the Bay of Fundy, wh how, how, where are they roaming around the ocean, and what are they looking for? 
Well, that's one of the hard things about um, protecting right whales. At any time, we don't know where most of the animals in the species are. Right now, we know there are about 400 to 425 um, uh, North Atlantic right whales, and we know that because each individual right whale, by the time they're about one years old, will develop this unique white pattern on their head that's kind of like a fingerprint. And uh, through different types of statistical analyses and photographing these animals over time, um, year after year, uh, you can estimate how, how many of, of them uh, there are. And so in the, for the most part, we believe in the um, uh, summer months, they're up north um, in, in New England or Canada feeding on small plankton. Um, and then for whatever reason, uh, during the uh, winter months, the pregnant females and a, a smattering of other non-calving uh, whales will make the 1,000-mile migration down the coast uh, to the calving grounds here off Georgia and Florida. And you, of course, are closely watching the number of calves births each year to track population growth. You filmed a video of a right whale with a two-week-old calf. This was in January. Let's hear a little bit of that. As we are listening, how and when do you usually spot new whales? Well, down here in the southeast, because it's such a big area, and because even in a great year, there's probably only a couple dozen mothers and calves, um, we really rely heavily on survey aircraft. And so uh, we contract with a nonprofit out of Florida called Sea to Shore Alliance, and the state of Florida has their own survey aircraft. And basically, these teams work together, and they fly standardized surveys off the Georgia coast um, from December to March, uh, from about Savannah, Georgia, down to about Cape Canaveral, Florida. And um, on any good weather day, they're up flying uh, along the coast looking for uh, the telltale sign of a mother and calf or other right whales. And, and that's basically looking for these big black objects in the water, um, often some white water where they splash around um, and the like. So... This is a, a fascinating thing it must be to witness. You don't actually see them calved, but you see the calves probably in the water with the mothers. Is that correct? Yeah, well, believe it or not, actually, two different times uh, since these surveys started back in the 80s, uh, right whale mothers have actually been seen from the air by survey teams while they were having birth, wow. which is pretty amazing. Uh, but for the most part, you're correct. We find them um, uh, when they've already, you know, had their, had their calves. Um, and in the case of that pair we saw um, uh, earlier or last month, um, you know, a two, two-week-old right whale might only be at one to two tons, um, which sounds uh, pretty big, right? But then when you see them next to their moms, their moms can weigh 40 to 50 tons. So it's really an amazing see, uh, sight to be sitting out in the ocean away from land and see these primordial animals, you know, floating out there nursing their calves. Um, and, and to know that they were almost driven to extinction, they've somehow managed to, um, to hold on, and they're still here with us. Clay George is with us. He's a wildlife biologist with the Georgia Department of Natural Resources, and he's been closely monitoring right whales. This is a primary along the coast of Georgia, South Carolina, and Florida, primary calving spot for right whales. Well, let's talk a little bit about the population that whale births really dropped off in 2010. What are some of the theories of the Department of Natural Resources about why? Yeah, so last year was the first year that not a single right whale calf was seen, um, either here on the calving grounds or up north when the animals migrate uh, would be migrating back. 
Um, and that was very concerning because uh, uh, record numbers of right whales have been dying from primarily human activities in recent years, primarily from um, ship collisions and uh, the big one now is entanglement and commercial fishing rope. So up north where the water is colder, uh, there's a lot of fisheries where they use um, traps or pots that are on the bottom of the ocean. And in order to get those pots back up to the surface, they have the fishermen have to use really heavy synthetic rope. And so now we know that about 80% of all right whales have uh, scars from having been tangled in, in this rope before. The entanglement rate is growing at about 6% per year. Um, and since 2017, um, almost 5% of the entire species has actually died. Hmm. Um, um, ship strikes and entanglement in, in fishing rope. So part of your work is to disentangle them. Here's some sound of a team helping to detangle a right whale named Ruffian. Well, let's keep some pressure on it. Let's let her pull us. Yeah, yeah, let's go whale power. Okay. Look. It's in there? Okay. I saw it lift up a little Okay, good, 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 good. I thought I saw slackness in the line. Clay, what's going on there? Yeah, so basically that's probably one of the, the kind of stranger, crazier things that, that we do. Occasionally, about once a year on average, a right whale will show up. Uh, and I say show up here because uh, typically they're entangled in, in heavy rope from places um, north of here. Um, and basically, um, if we can't, can't get the rope off of them in some cases, uh, they'll almost certainly die. And so in this particular case, uh, this right whale that we knew um, very well named Ruffian because he has all these scars from having been entangled in, in something um, uh, back in 2008. He showed up um, entangled in rope. Uh, we were able to get a tracking buoy on him overnight, get out the next day with the team from the state of Florida, and, and cut this rope off of him. And, and when uh, he swam free, thankfully, um, we pulled this rope up, and it turned out that at the bottom he had been dragging a 130-pound, um, six-foot diameter snow crab pot all the way from Canada, wow. over a thousand miles. Hmm. Uh, so if we hadn't just gotten lucky and found him and been able to disentangle him, he almost certainly would be dead now. So what kind of conservation efforts are being made or statutes or bills or mandates against the use of these ropes or are there by the state of Georgia? Well, um, unfortunately, there's not a lot that we as a, a state here in Georgia can do because um, a lot of, like I said, a lot of what is happening here is, is fishing that's occurring in the, in the northeast in Canada. Um, but that said, um, a lot of, most of the right whales are in federal waters at any given time. So it's really up to NOAA Fisheries um, in the United States to, um, to do this type of management. And there are a number of things that are being considered now that, um, that I hope will you know, have a positive impact. And one thing that's happening is that uh, fishermen are now working with researchers to develop types of um, uh, what's called ropeless gear, where they can send the pots down to the bottom to, collect, to catch lobster or, or crab um, and basically call the buoy up to the surface only when they need it to, to haul the, the, uh, the traps back. Hmm. Another thing that's being developed are, are weaker ropes and um, basically making rope so that it could break once the animals uh, become entangled in it. And another thing that's being considered that's going to be you know, much more controversial with fishermen is um, seasonal closures. Uh, that's basically the idea that at certain times of year when lots of right whales are around, you basically would just prohibit this type of um, untended uh, gear from being in the water. Mm -hmm. And that's largely what 
we already do um, here in the southeast U.S. Um, gillnets have been uh, banned for um, over a decade now because of, of some uh, right whale entanglements that happened um, uh, in previous decades. Uh, and also most of the, uh, all federal waters are now closed in the southeast to, um, to any kind of trap and pot gear that uses this type of rope also. But before we close, what are you expecting or hoping to see over the next few months? Yeah, well, you know, we're kind of on the downswing now at this point, and so I'm afraid uh, it's going to be another um, below average year. Uh, at this point, we have confirmed five calves. Uh, but to put, in, put it in perspective, back in the 2000s when the, the population was, was growing and had gotten to the point of there were at least 450, maybe 500 whales, uh, we were seeing over two dozen uh, calves per, per year back then. Um, so we, we're a long way from getting to the point where um, calving numbers have recovered. And um, we think that some of that is due to disruptions in forage that are occurring in, in the Northeast and Canada, uh, probably from, from um, climate change and, and rising ocean temperatures and changes in ocean currents and the impact that that has on the food that the right whales depend on. Um, they really can't get pregnant and, and have calves unless they're feeding well. And so at this point, we just have to hope that things improve and the animals are able to find their food and resume calving at um, normal rates again. That's Clay George from the Georgia Department of Natural Resources. He works as a wildlife biologist in the Wildlife Resources Division. Thanks so much, Clay. Thanks for having me. Well, we're letting the animals have the last word. These are right whale sounds from the website Discovery of Sounds of the Sea. Stay with us. There's more on Second Thought coming up after a short break. <laughs> 